Hi, and welcome to DaVita's Power of Women podcast. I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University and co-host of our DaVita Leadership Insights podcast. I am honored to host this two-part crossover episode where I get to connect with four of our women leaders who founded this podcast series. Kathleen Waters, Chief Legal Officer, Rebecca Griggs, Group Vice President, Stephanie Hendrickson, Group Vice President, and Betsy McCubrey, Group Vice President and Deputy General Counsel. Today, we continue our Connecting with Women Leaders episode by exploring the topic of balancing career and family. The next question I'd love to get to is around this eternal quest of balancing career and family. It comes up so often, it seems, in, in many of my conversations. Uh, Betsy, I'd, I'd love to start with you. If you could share a bit about how you think around balancing between work and home and what strategies have worked for you. First, I'm, I'm 47. I've been working my adult life, and I've been married for 20-plus years. I have two girls, uh, almost 10, almost 15. The reason I say all those things is I had family and had a professional career for a long time, and I've never gotten the balance just right. Like, it's never been this 50-50 utopia of, like, it's going wonderful here, and it's going wonderful here. Um, but, you know, back to the concept of journey, it's back to the first podcast that, um, you know, Kathleen did, where it's your different phases of life and just being honest with yourself of where do I need my time today or this year, and where does it need to be? And sometimes it has to be disproportionate or 60-40 with your family, just because of where you are in your phase of life, and, and whether that's your kids, whether that's your spouse or your partner, or whether that's your parents. Uh, and sometimes you're over-investing and spending a lot of time uh, on your career and your career development. And I think really the key is just get comfortable with that, because it's probably not going to be this wonderful, static utopia. It's going to evolve over time, and it's going to shift over time. And just be honest with yourself and honest about where you are in that moment, not where you think your parents want you to be or, you know, not where you think your boss wants you to be in that moment. The other thing I'll say is I'll, I'll, I'll channel my inner Stephanie, who I actually get wonderful advice from on this, and she uses the concept of boundaries a lot. And um, I love that concept, and, it's, and it is in your work life, at least, to say, you know, where are my non-negotiables that I'm not going to apologize for, right? Like, for some people, it's I'm not going to miss birthdays, or I'm going to do the kid drop-off. For me, it's I don't work from 7 to 9 at night, and I don't work Saturdays. And I'm pretty unapologetic. I won't accept your invite um, for those times. That's when I do bedtime routine, or more appropriately, I take a power nap while my kid is reading <laughs> to me in their bed. Um, but but I, I use that time for my friends or my family and for that time. And, and so I would say, you know, come up with your boundaries. And if you're a manager, do your teammate just a, a big favor and ask them. Um, I actually never articulated my boundaries. And so then I'd get kind of annoyed when people would schedule something that was in one of those times. And I'd be like, what are they doing? Don't they know? And of course they didn't. And it wasn't until my manager, who was Kathleen actually at the, the time said, like, you have boundaries. If you don't have boundaries, you need boundaries. What are your boundaries? And, and I said, well, I do this and that. And she was like, great. I'm not going to schedule anything during those times and, and don't accept anything. And and be okay with that. And so that was a wonderful gift for me. And I would say to every manager out there, you know, give that gift um, to your teammates and ask them where they are. And teammates, you know, be reasonable. Um, you know, don't be <laughs> crazy here because that will lead to a different conversation where you might need to cultivate some confidence um, in having that um, in both of those areas. Oh, that's great. That's great. And Rebecca, how about you? Any um, Anything you'd like to share about how you balance 
Yeah. So first of all, Betsy's super brave to share her age, like straight out there. So I'll say I'm older than Betsy. Uh, and I have three kiddos. So now they're all three in high school, which is just like a different kind of excitement around my house. There are so many sentiments that you shared, Betsy, that resonate with me as well with just like, hey, it's just this work in progress constantly and trying to like dial it into like this perfect balance. Like I've never mastered that right now. I'm in a point in time where I'm like, I'm really not crushing it on this question. <laughs> so it's good accountability for me to just kind of tighten up and get a little bit more specific about it. But one of the things that I, has always helped me is just having a lot of clarity around what my priorities and having confidence around what those priorities. I've never been apologetic about, I want to be a good mom, I want to be a good wife, and I want to be a great teammate. And those things don't always happen in like perfect proportions throughout the time of my career. The one thing that I wish that I would have learned a little bit sooner in my career is that you don't have to stay static in what you're looking for. And so a, a quick examples, I remember whenever I had my first child, I was like, I want to stay home with them. So, and this was before, you know, remote working was such a, <laughs> a common thing. And so asking to stay at home a couple of days um, and working from home felt like a really, you know, big deal to me. And then by the time I got to my third child, I was like, I really do not want to be home. Could you put me on the road? I guess the only way that I'm going to get a good night's sleep. Um, but I'm one of those people that I'm like, when I make, you know, I ask something, I kind of decide and commit. And it felt a little bit out of place for me to step back and say, hey, I want to change what I told you before. So what I learned was, put some time bounds around what you want and what those boundaries are, and then be totally fine going back and revisiting those boundaries um, when things change in your life. And so I was thought like, oh, I want to take my foot off the gas. And then is that always going to put me in a space where I never get considered for something? Mm -hmm. No, that does not have to always last. And so just be, like you said, Betsy, articulate, you know, articulate what you want and, and be clear and confident in what you're looking for. That's great. I On the topic of, of career and family, I think, or another uh, area of that topic is around maternity leave. And I'll tell you, it's been a while since I've had my kiddos. They're 10 and 12 now. And I do remember that time uh, in those early years were some of the toughest times for me where I really questioned whether I could continue my leadership role at work and whether or not I had to choose between being a good mom and a, and a good leader or a good teammate. I'm curious, uh, Stephanie, um, how did you make the decision? I know you have kiddos as well. How did you make the decision to continue investing in your career after you became a mom? Yeah, I appreciate the question um, because uh, just for context, my girls are currently six and four. And so I'm actually not that far removed from uh, remembering kind of what the experience was of, of going out on my first maternity leave and just wondering, could I do it? And so the first thing uh, that I would say, Grace, is um, number one, uh, before I had my first kiddo, I thought that I wanted to keep working and I was pretty bullish on the fact that I would, but I actually refused to sort of put that stake in the ground and say, nope, I'm going to come back and do and be all these things because I wanted to give my myself the grace of actually figuring out what it was to be a mom. And this was, this was the first time I'd entered something like this. Now, you know, to the surprise of none of my family and none of my friends, I absolutely wanted to come back and continue to hopefully grow and evolve in my leadership. And I think Probably the the second most important thing was that as I sort of started that journey of coming back as a working mom, it was this very interesting time where I felt very, very different 
but no one else thought I was that different. Meaning I sort of showed up on day one. It was like, gosh, I've been through all these things that no one knows. And all these people didn't actually realize it. And what I had to work on a whole bunch was just making sure I gave myself the grace to sort of figure out how I was gonna navigate this new normal that was, I have this amazing, incredible opportunity at home and the one at work. And then I'm gonna pull back a little to say, you know, how I made it work, especially coming back from maternity where you're you're quite nervous is, I was just really, really open with my leadership. You know, I had the gift of uh, Rebecca actually being uh, my, my boss when I came back from my first maternity. Um, and I wasn't ashamed to sort of share some of the things that I was struggling with about that kind of phase of life where, I don't know, maybe I'll be a little vulnerable. Like I was an emotional mess, right? In months four and five. And so if I knew I was kind of going, I just, I was okay having that conversation so that I could work through it together, both with my leader uh, and and then also with my team. And so, you know, and I talk to, especially first time moms or just moms of young kids where uh, if you're something like me, you know, I have mornings where I walk in and I'm like, y'all don't know, but I just ran a marathon putting <laughs> like clothes on my two-year-old who didn't <laughs> want to wear pants and all the things, right? And so there was just something about being able to have that open dialogue. And then I encourage the same for every person that's sort of going out as one don't worry about what the future holds. Take it in stride. Give yourself the gift of time to figure it out. Two, kind of have grace with yourself. And then three, you have to communicate and be open with it because no one's going to know what's going on with you if you don't kind of have that courage to bring them in. Mm. And and Grace, before I, I, I'm going to jump in on this one too. So two things. One, just to build on that last comment, because, you know, we're talking about, oh, we had the benefit of having each other or women as our leaders. And if you don't have that, and if you feel like, okay, I'm not sure I could tell um, my manager because he doesn't have kids or she doesn't have kids or he has a stay-at-home wife and how can he possibly understand what I'm going through? I think that's the, the reason we have this group and why we're trying to start this is there are women in the village, if you turn the corner, you will find someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you turn the corner, they can you can talk to them and they can even help you with your leader if you need it. But find someone because it is important to be able to talk about it if you even if you don't feel totally safe in talking about it with your manager at the time. And, and hopefully you can build that relationship because men are super leaning in on this too. And, you know, my boss believes in family more than anybody else I know. And so it is super supportive of that. So you can find it, but even if you can't find it directly up, find it in the village because it's here. Yeah, I I love talking to women about um, maternity leave and <laughs> early child rearing. I think it it helps me like therapeutically to yeah. talk about so it. So that's with... me with menopause. Yeah, now, so. there you go. <laughs> yeah. Stages of life, phases exactly. and stages of life for sure. But it is different. I mean, I think... I think we'd all be fooling ourselves if we said it wasn't different um, for when women become moms versus when dads become or men become dads. There is something uh, that is is hard, I think, to talk about unless you know that somebody else might be able to understand. And so that is kind of a nice yeah. thing to have that community. Yeah, and and I, if I think about when I had to make that decision, it, it it's interesting because I never actually got to make the decision myself at the time when I was. Um, nine months pregnant or nine and a half months pregnant, um, my husband's company went bankrupt. And so, and he was a, he was an entrepreneur by trade. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and it was a huge company. They had big investments, big P investments, and the whole thing was, um, went, went belly up. And so I didn't have the luxury of deciding whether or not I was going to go back to work because we had rent to pay. Um, And so I went back to work. And at the time I was in 
incredibly guilt-ridden. Mm. Um, and, and unfortunately, I was guilt-ridden because of the people around me, that, that I was in a community where very few women made that choice. And so it was, it was this huge thing of like, what am I, am I being so selfish about this? And, and I had a girl though, so I'm older than everybody here and my kids are 22 and 20. Um, and, and it made me realize when I came home, like, you know what, I'm doing this for you too. Like, I'm not just paying the rent. And it's actually one of the things, again, I'm, I'm going for more parenting maybe, that I, I never say I'm working just to make money or I'm working for them to like make ends meet. I'm saying I'm working for me, mm. that, that I am doing this job and I am working as hard as I work and I work hard for me because I love it. I love my job and I love being a leader and I love being someone that other people can look up to. And so for my girls, I never say like, oh, I'm sacrificing for you. Mm. Like I'm, I'm doing this for me and we all benefit because we get to pay the rent with it too. <laughs> um, so my husband did like end up, he started another company. And then um, interestingly, when I was pregnant with my second child, my company went bankrupt. Um, my law firm went bankrupt on my, the, when I was nine and a half preg- oh months pregnant with my second child. So we decided we wouldn't procreate again. So it's not to hurt the economy. Save the world. Um, <laughs> um, but I had that choice then because it was like, okay, I, my my firm is now kaput. Do I, what do I do? We have two beautiful kids and, and my husband and I had a, a good conversation about it. And I realized, you know what, I, I do love my job and I don't want to give it up. Um, and so I am going to lean in. And so I actually went out on the interviewing train at nine and a half months pregnant to get hmm. my, a, a backup job. Um, awkward conversations. <laughs> and that's a whole nother story. I have a good why I picked the firm I picked story. Um, but it was very intentional. And so I think that this group, we're really focused on women at that level because it is where you want to, where you feel like you want to check out or give up. And so it's really important to, as Rebecca said, take a step back. It doesn't have to be static. Like if you want to take more time, take more time then, but leave that door open so that in five years from now, you can jump back in because it doesn't have to be the same. I like the message of doing it for you or finding a reason to do it and, and almost giving yourself permission to enjoy your work, enjoy your career, enjoy your ability to, um, earn not only for the family, but also to, uh, enrich yourself. So, Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Well, we are coming to an end now of our episode, and I'd love to end our episode with a request for everyone. If you could share one piece of advice a woman leader gave you that helped you and still sticks with you today. So we'll, we'll do a, a bit of a lightning round here. Betsy, we'll start with you figure out the life hacks. Um, so I'm going to do everybody a solid and just give one of my uh, life hacks. Um, and that is I loathe uh, ironing. And um, and so uh, my ironing would stack up because I also am not going to pay the prices for women blouses at the dry cleaners. It's ridiculous. And that's a different story. So in any event, my my pile of, of ironing would build up. And so finally came with the brilliant idea of you iron in the shower. So what it means is you just hang your shirts oh. on a hanger. You pop it in the shower. It's like three showers. It gets the steam, <laughs> right? It's just there. Um, and then it's enough wrinkles that by the time you're probably at work, they've fallen out. Uh, I can't so, see any right now. No, right? It's like it's been like half a day. It's pretty good. So if you were to come to my house, 100% of the time you will see a shirt or a blouse um, in the shower. But I do not iron anymore. And my clothes are reasonably respectable. <laughs> and I don't pay 
uh, outrageous. Um, so anyways, <laughs> I just encourage all women to to just ask other women for their um, life hacks. It, it gets you through. Love it. Love it. How about you, Stephanie? The one that I was told again, and it ties a little bit to what we talked about earlier in the podcast is just be really honest with yourself about what you want, not what everybody else wants for you. And if you're not sure what that is, you can ask, you can solicit feedback, but you are the person that needs to decide what you want, not everybody else. Mm. Rebecca? Yeah, so it came up so many times in the conversation today about authenticity and just being yourself. And the add-on that I would say to that is don't apologize for who you are. It's actually what brings the diversity and perspectives is just showing up as who you are. You represent some subset of people that are influenced by the conversations and decisions. And so be authentic and don't apologize for it. Hmm. Kathleen. Mine's don't sweat the small stuff. So don't worry about if you have to order pizza two days in a row. <laughs> don't worry about it. And I, and I remember the woman who told me this. I was in a trial. and It was a five-week trial. We were away from our families. And I was worried about my husband with the kids alone and doing this and this. And she was telling the story about that she would come home and her cutlery would be like in the laundry room. And she'd be like, why is the cutlery? And she'd want to go say something. She's like, wait a minute, the kids are alive. That's all that really matters. <laughs> and so it, it, the bar is quite high for me or low, whatever what perspective is. It's like, I'm not going to worry about anything. If people are ha- happy and healthy, the house can be a mess sometimes. It, it doesn't really matter um, if the gift isn't perfectly wrapped for that four-year-old birthday thing party. Um, don't sweat the small stuff. You're work on the focus on the big things. Wow. Well, thank you all for your candor and insights today and for starting this podcast series for The Village. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to DaVita's Power of Women. I hope you feel as connected and empowered as I do right now. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on this podcast series so you don't miss any episodes. And we'd also love to hear your feedback. So please click on the survey link in the show notes and give us your thoughts and suggestions. This is Grace Berman thanking you for leading with your hearts and understanding the power of DeVita women. 